This episode is brought to you by Modern Fertility and Grove.co. We're happy to have them on board, making the show a possibility. We sure For are. Reals. Welcome to If These Ovaries <laughs> Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. We sure are. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay reason. Just because we stick. Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome back. Here we are. We're here. Whether you like it or not, every Monday we keep showing up. We're like we're like those people that just keep showing up. We're like we're like what was in Seinfeld when um when what's his face like gets fired but just keeps coming to the office. George Costanza. George Costanza. Yeah, like that's like a Kramer thing. We're yeah, but we're also like Kramer, like walking in the door, screwing it all up. Well, we're like Kramer, like we're idiots, but we're like George Costanza that we keep showing up even though we're not invited. For yourself, you're right next to me. So, anywho. So, Robin, let's talk about this new New York Times article. Like that three people emailed this to me. I saw it. It was all over my feed. Um, it's called How to Make Your Marriage Gayer. Um, and so basically the, what, the, the, gist. the gist of it is that a bunch of researchers recently asked three sets of legally married couples, heterosexual, gay, and lesbian, to keep daily diaries recording their experiences of marital... Of <laughs> marital strain. Marital... Mar- I can't say it. Marital, marital strain marital. and distress. Yes, thank you. And so go ahead, Robin. What were the findings? Okay, so the findings were that women in different sex marriages reported they were the worst. They were, they, they were <laughs> like falling apart, psychological distress. I mean... Men in same-sex marriages, they had the lowest stress. Men married to women... And women married to women, they were in the middle. Right. So similar okay. similar levels of stress. And so basically, like, when they break it down, they talk about how, when they talk about, like, household chores and the, and the um, what am I, what, what am I trying the, to say? The assigning of tasks. Yes, thank you. The I, splitting I, I'm, up of distributing. gestures. Yeah, no one could see those. Yeah, when, when heterosexual couples get into a relationship, they just kind of follow societal norms and the, the, the household chores just fall on the woman more. I thought we would do a lot better, like the, the two women couples, because of that. Right, and it said we do better, two women couples, because we, we do like... I thought we would do the best. Let me say well, it like that. I, me too. But every single every single thing that they tested in this article, it turns out that the guys, the gay guys do it the best. They do everything the best. They have the less stress. They communicate better. They communicate their needs what better. What was your theory on this, My Jamie? My theory on this, as I was reading it, and I liked a lot of the things I had to say because obviously I like to hear that lesbian couples are where it's at and gay couples. But um, I thought this this article is totally written by a man. And maybe even a gay man, because it, I can't, there is no way that the gay guys are on top for everything. Well, That's you know so what, funny on top. What's funny? <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> you know what's funny, though, is I was thinking about how straight women, you mm-hmm. know, like cisgendered, straight, heterosexual women, they, they came out the worst in this. And I, and and by I thought, worst, you mean in like this, in the, most stressed, most yeah, taxed. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you said <laughs> Not that like up, assholes. Like, <laughs> I didn't. You damn well, that straight wasn't women. The setup of the piece was not, <laughs> these know. are the biggest assholes and these are the least <laughs> biggest assholes. So No, if we're talking assholes, that's us. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but so, I, you know, I thought, oh, it's because like women are always nagging men. But then, then I started to think about, it just feels like all we're doing is talking about stereotypes in this. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, I don't know. 
is it that we're looking at this with stereotypes or is it that this person was looking for stereotypes or maybe stereotypes exist for a reason? Like the, the biggest takeaway for me, besides the fact that this is written by a man and it's so male centric, <laughs> was that because the nature of our relationships are we're not the norm it, all, right. already. We are we are given the freedom to create our own roles and that makes life a little bit easier we for talk, us. We have a whole chapter dedicated to that in our upcoming we book, sure Jamie. We sure do. Check if it out. If these ovaries could talk, the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family. Good job. Good job. Sam, I did it, title. Ben, our publisher. I said <laughs> it right. <laughs> but anyway, that's the gist that I took from this. And there's something really special about... And they, they did say in the article that some heterosexual couples, and now things are changing and we're more progressive. Roles, and yeah. Roles are not as set defined. as they used to be. Um, but it's easier for heterosexual couples to fall into these defined roles. And that's what makes you stress. So everybody, well, take it some time and figure out what you like to do. Do you like to do the dishes? Do you like to do the laundry? And let's... I love how you're turning it into tips. <laughs> and, let's, and let's disperse them equally. I Anywho. want people to write in on our socials and it, tell it us what their that, thoughts were on that article. It also said that gay dads spend more one-on-one time than the kids than straight moms, straight dads, or gay moms. Which I'm like, how do you even find... How do you... What? Based on like the 12 people that wrote a journal I article. Mean, I don't know. Saying. I don't know. Well, everybody write into <laughs> us and tell us what you thought, thought about that Times article. Yeah, check it out. And if you are wondering what's happening on our Patreon page. I'm, I'm sure you are. We just put up a video with last week's guest, author and producer Richie Jackson. And it is, it's such a oh, powerful God. video. It's him reading the prayer that he wrote for his son that's as he heads last, off to college. the last pages of his yeah. book. Oh, my God. Basically. Yeah. It was so powerful. So beautiful. Yeah. So well thought out. And hearing him read it himself it was, was great. really nice. And that's so a video of that is up on our Patreon page. And if you want more of that, patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just I just love that your conviction of spelling that. I love that. All right. Because it could just be, people be like, what's patron? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love so you. So let's talk that. about who's coming in. Casey and Lena. Casey and Lena. They were, I mean, these people, they were all over the media circuit. They're beautiful. The GMA and all the other news outlets. And of course, we started, what did we do, Jamie? Stalking as we do. We were like, get on our podcast. So they were in these, they were all over the place because they um, adopted three siblings in one year just to keep them all together. together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it was a bit of a story. And they are fun. It was a fun (laughs) interview. We're going to get right to it because they were amazing. They're so fun. And, you know, they let us in their house. They did. And they drank wine. video. <laughs> and they drank wine. So that's, we like that already. All right, let's, let's, hit, let's get to it. Okay, roll it. <laughs> that's your new thing. Roll it. Hi, Casey and Lena. Hi, Hi guys. Hi. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Thanks. We're excited to be here. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. you. It's funny. You look a little scared. <laughs> I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> You guys, I gotta say, you guys are a very beautiful couple. Oh, thank, Boy, thank you. you. Jenny, oh. Stop hitting on I all know, the couples. I know, I do this with everyone. She's always hitting on all the couples. Also, I'm looking at your living room. I'm very impressed at how clean it is. I actually took the day <laughs> off you today. Have I'm not going to lie. Lena's birthday was yesterday. So my birthday was, was yesterday, so my day home. off was taking by myself and clean the house. Yeah, you, you have three kids. That's what you yeah, do is do. you just yeah. clean the house. But it's amazing. It was actually so calming just to like be mm. in a space with no noise and no little voices and just like... I know it's not going to stay clean for long, but no, no, no. For today it's my space. You get one day. Jamie and I were just talking about this the other day Ugh. about how keeping the house clean, like Ugh. when it's a mess, it 
takes the chaos of having kids up by like tenfold. Yeah. Yes, it does. Like it just, it's like all the shit out of place. It makes me feel like, oh God. I'm unhinged. Mm-hmm. I'm unhinged. I can't handle well, it. It's like, like yeah. you're constantly at your threshold for like tolerating all these constantly. little opinions and like these little demands. And then you just find like that thing on the floor <laughs> that just makes you snap. And so it's like, let's just not have that thing on the floor so that we don't snap. Wait, you don't find the thing on the floor. You, you step accidentally on step on it. Oh. For me, it's things on counters. I can't have anything on in the counter. Not one thing so, on a counter. Yeah, I just shove things in drawers, and she hates it. I hate yes, it. that's what Lena calls cleaning. <laughs> so what Casey, yeah, what Casey cleaning. calls cleaning is taking everything out of the drawers and organizing it. So in my mind, she's making it messy. Bad girl. Anyway, let's actually start the show <laughs> with the thirty-second elevator pitch that tells us your family. Who's gonna do it? All right, I'll do it. Lena. Okay. All right. All right ready? On your mark. Get set. Go. All right, we are Casey and Lena. We are a pretty typical lesbian couple raising three boys. But what's a little atypical is how quickly we became parents. We decided to adopt a young boy about two and a half years ago through foster care. And within a span of a year and a half, we got his two younger brothers unexpectedly. Yay! That was amazing. So can you clarify one thing? What is the time frame? Between getting three kids. We got Joey in June 2017, and we got the other ones in July and September of 2018. Yeah. So we became a family of five within a year of deciding we wanted to have children. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So let's let's take it way back. What made you guys decide adoption was your course? Well, I had always known that I wanted to adopt. I'm a teacher and I work in alternative education. And so I see a lot of, you know, kids from the system. And so I always knew that I wanted to go that way. Casey, what is what is alternative education? Basically, our school is geared towards students who do not thrive in a general education setting. Right. Got it. So things like they have a lot of like one-to-one teacher to student ratio needs mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. things built into their day mm-hmm. to help them be successful that can't be accommodated in a mainstream classroom. Yeah. In in New York, that's a district 99 school, I think. Yeah. yeah. When we first got together, we were figuring out how we want to start our family and Lena needs to do a little more research than just go with her gut. I'm a super researcher. (laughs) Like I, you know, I hear about Robin's Google Docs all the time and I'm like Excel sheet. Yeah. So I was like mapping out the finances, you know, before we got started with, you know, private adoptions, really expensive, Yes. you know, even sort of getting a donor and all those like logistics and then just figuring out sort of like what the long-term repercussions, like trying to think through you know, if we go a donor route, like, do we do anonymous? Do we do like our child could figure out at 18? You know, do we try to stimulate her right. characteristics or my character? Like, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And so we were sort of researching all the different options. And then I pulled up like a website about all the Massachusetts children that are freed for adoption and waiting. And they sort of have little headshots and little stories. And some of them have even like little videos showing the child sort of like playing and interacting. Mm -hmm. My heart just like melted and I could instantly visualize myself parenting one of them. And it was like, why go through, you know, a two year waiting process for private adoption or why stress about whether or not one of us has fertility issues when there's all these children around us who like need homes now. And I think ultimately it was being able to visualize ourselves adopting and the idea that it could happen like very quickly because there's so many children who need homes. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like the stereotype is that adoption takes a really long time. I mean, you guys are like yeah, so that's that. for private adoption. A lot of people think about when they think about adoption, they think privatized. And so, like, if you're getting a newborn right out of the hospital from a birth mother who has already signed off that she wants to, you know, give her child away to adoption, then that's the wait list that takes a really long time and is really expensive. Through foster care, mm-hmm. you adopt for free and actually you get a stipend while you're fostering before you adopt to help take care of the children. Mm -hmm. And there's no wait list because there's more kids waiting than there are foster parents. Yeah. So really the waiting that you do with private adoption up front, the several years that you potentially wait to get a permanent placement in foster care, you're sort of doing that waiting while the child's with you. You know, you're technically fostering and you're waiting for it to potentially become permanent. And I know that that's sort of a Mm-hmm. An area of ambiguity for a lot of people is what are the odds it will right. be permanent? And that's something that we had to sort of figure out as we went along. So, yeah, what was the conversation regarding that? Because, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to get this baby that well, you right. instantly in we with. asked for statistics. Yeah. We were like, what are the caseloads that go to adoption? And there is no they don't None. keep those stats. They don't keep them. So we had to get really creative with how we were evaluating yeah. that. They do sort of talk about a lot of the social workers are very good at reading between the lines. So they know, they'll tell mm-hmm. you if a, if a case is like low risk or high risk and they, they could always be wrong. So there's always a stipulation of just like, you know, yeah. there's no such thing as no risk. The big things they tell you to look out for when you're sort of evaluating whether or not to take a child in, if you're looking toward adoption is whether or not there's been a family find, because if they find a relative, a blood relative of the child that's willing to take them in, that takes precedent over any foster family. I think even if you have the siblings. I'm assuming that means it's it's a point where they're searching for other relatives. Does that only happen before placement or does that something that continues to happen after? It usually happens before placement. They try to do the initial family find, but sometimes they had to do more than one. I think they're supposed to technically do it within the first 72 hours of a child coming into care. But a lot of times they sort of send all the notifications out to family that they know about. Mm -hmm. And then you can imagine like weeks, months later, a family person could come out of the woodwork and say, oh, I didn't realize I, you know, I've been thinking about it. And now, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's always the potential that the birth mother works hard and gets the child back. Absolutely. Yeah. So the the primary goal is the reunification because most of the cases that are open are going to reunification. And so there's, you know, only the subset of them that end up towards the adoption track. Did you guys ever consider going like the privatized adoption route or were you always like, we want to do foster to adopt? I think we, I think because of we were so eager to become parents, mm-hmm. like the time period and the ability to have a child in the home right away was really appealing. And I think also for Casey's background, I think she wanted to do foster to adopt, just knowing that those children tend to need homes mm-hmm. and there seems to be more of a line waiting for private adoption. Like those children are going to find a good, you know, loving home. Mm-hmm. So it felt like there was more of a need in the foster care route. And Casey, what age do you teach? Are you in elementary school or you're middle school? Oh, you're in middle school. So oh, yeah, okay. So you see them when they're even older and they've been in the system mm-hmm. even longer. Mm-hmm. And Did that's you have heartbreaking. a cutoff or an age range? Like we we just went last night to the You Gotta Believe, which is a New York City organization that their whole goal is that no kid should age out of of foster, of foster care without being adopted. But did you have yeah. a cutoff? Like, would you have taken a 16-year-old or? So when you go into the foster system, you have to enroll in like a training class. And so we enrolled in that. Which is free. Which is all free. And they give you a lot of great information. And so one of the things they have you consider is like what your, you know, preferences are. And we talked about it for a while and we 
we wanted to really build our family this way. So we were trying right. to aim as young as possible because mm -hmm. as new parents, even though I have a lot of experience with middle schoolers, you know, in terms of parenting, I have never parented an infant. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to aim as young as possible yeah. as like a logical place to start. Sure. And super honestly, we have no idea what like different kids of different ages are capable of. And we just felt like, <laughs> I do. you know, no, I was like, I don't know. I mean, like with a baby, everyone starts from the beginning and everyone knows nothing. And so we must be able to figure it out. But I was like walking into a five-year-old, like yeah. I don't even know what they can do or say right. or need, you know? Yeah. On top of their life history. Yeah. Right. And I think there was part of it too, that a lot of the, yeah. a lot of the kids that are freed for adoption that are like five or older because of their histories, they have, most of them have preferences that they be either the only child or the youngest child in the family. And we knew that we wanted, because both of us have a lot of siblings and we knew we wanted a big family. So mm -hmm. that sort of limited our options in terms of for right now, we want to create our family with younger kids. But right. then once our boys are older, then we could open up our home to other foster to adopt kids that are older. And we've talked about eventually taking in like middle and high schoolers mm -hmm. and the LGBTQ youth because there's a lot of those that they're in the foster system because they've been removed from their families. And so we would love to be a home for those kids once, yeah. but again, once our nuclear family has grown up. I just want to point out that you have, you have three children <laughs> that you got within one year <laughs> of deciding you wanted kids and you are yeah. already talking about how you want to like open yeah. your home back up once these kids have got like you're insane and amazing all at the same time like noble. I love it very noble <laughs> Aww, thank you you know Jamie you mm -hmm. know what's really cool is that all these people have been writing in to tell us that they don't have kids yet, but this mm -hmm. podcast is making it easier to plan how they're going to do it when they're ready. I know. I love that. And I love that's those emails. why I'm also so excited to share Modern Fertility with them. Mm -hmm. So Modern Fertility has come up with an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones. So important. Yeah, it, it really is. I wish I'd had this when I was trying. All you have to do is you give yourself a simple finger prick mm -hmm. or your spouse can do it for you if you want to make it all romantical. <laughs> Take blood then, from me. <laughs> and then you mail it in with a prepaid label they give you and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. I'm so glad that everyone has this now because mm -hmm. honestly, traditional testing with your doctor, it can cost over $1,000. I mean, at least. Yeah, but Modern Fertility, it only costs $159 and you're going to get the same information. Mm -hmm. So you just have to go to modernfertility.com slash OCT and you are going to get $20 off your test. That's great. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility, which is huge. It's really great. And what you're going to get from this, you're going to get insight into how many eggs you have, mm -hmm. your hormone levels. Um, and any reproductive red flags you might have, which is like super important to know. Especially if you're trying to figure out who's going to have the baby. Right, exactly, like we do. And the results go in depth into what every hormone means. And then this is this is the really important part. Mm -hmm. You can also talk one-on-one -on -one with a fertility nurse to review your results with them. And then they'll help you with options for your next this steps. This is so it's great. Really great. Especially for people who are thinking about they want to have kids one day, just so you're informed when you start the process before you start walking down a path. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We all need information to make the decision that's best for ourselves. So totally. I'm glad this was created, Modern Me Fertility. Too. So right now, guys, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office. Yeah, so get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. Modernfertility.com slash OCT. Seriously, guys, go do that. This is great. 
So you're in Massachusetts. So I, I know that there's a lot of like yeah. LGBTQs are getting a little under fire, at least what I see in the media lately. Like, are there any limitations on fostering as LGBTQ people in Massachusetts? Not Massachusetts. Well, so we're very fortunate in Massachusetts, but we were on, you know, the local news and stuff with the adoption story and National Adoption Day is when we adopted the younger two. But what was so amazing out of that was that a bunch of people reached out to us in a few couples from sort of like the Midwest and other states that aren't as liberal reached out and they were like, do you know how we could even learn about adoption in our state? And they were saying that they had tried and they had been sort of turned away because, you know, they were saying that they wanted to adopt a sibling group and, you know, they kind of got the line that like, this is not for adoption. This is only for foster care, which I get, like you have to say to some level to protect, yeah, protect protect expectations. Right. But But it's just that, you know, we've done as much statistic finding as we can. And like a lot of these cases do end up in foster homes ending up adopting. So Mm -hmm. I think it's sort of short sighted to say that it never happens. It definitely happens often enough. I don't know whether or not that couple was turned away because they were gay or because, you know, that particular agency was only looking for short term care. But we got a lot of people reaching out saying that it's not easy where they live. Something that we did come across was that there was a biological family member that was not okay with it. And she had been involved in our first son's life before we got involved. And when we became the foster parents, she phased herself out of the situation. Did that person tell you that that's why they were no longer in the kid's life? Or are you just just making assumptions? No, no. Not saying your assumptions are wrong. the, The biological mother told us. Because it was relayed information. Yeah. This family member had been attending some of the visits with the mother uh, and mm-hmm. the mother explained to us why she stopped. So you're still in contact with the biological mother. Yeah. So we have an open adoption. So okay. we see the biological mother three times a year. Okay. Why don't you tell us about the, the first adoption? We finished our training class and like towards the end of it, they had narrowed on our preferences and the agency showed us this picture of this little boy that they called a baby, <laughs> who now we know is not a baby, but they called a baby. He was not a baby. <laughs> and um, they were like, oh, here's this baby boy that we had. Doesn't he look so cute? And we're like, oh my gosh, he's so wonderful. Literally like, could speak sentences yeah. at us. But we didn't know from a picture, you know, yeah, you have this yeah. like little guy, could be like 10 months old, like just standing there. And you're like, oh, little. It's like Photoshop. Yeah, in, in a yeah. onesie, in a little Batman onesie. And I was just like, okay, we got to go meet him. And he's, he's 18 months. He pulls up in a car. Boop, boop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like ready to go to college. Yeah. So as soon as we saw his picture and as soon as we met him, we were just like, all right, this is definitely happening. And so we, we took in Joey when he was 18 months. And right away you met and the mom and that was all cool and the birth mom. No. Well, we, all the kids, most of the kids, two, of the, two out of three, were removed at birth. So, they, so Joey was actually living with a different foster family. From Um, birth. From birth to 18 months. And they are great, by the way. They're wonderful. Very supportive. Helped him with the transition as much as possible. We give them a lot of credit for a lot of You know, like when we picked him up, so when you you sort of transition a child from one foster home to another, the rule of thumb that we were taught was for every year old, you have like a week-long transition. So if you're transitioning a 16-year-old, you have a 16-week-long transition period. So they get used to the new family and everything. So we did one week transition with this foster family and they were amazing. Like we went over to their house, had dinner. Joey came to the park with us. Like he did an overnight. They gave us like 
our car was jam packed full of stuffed uh-huh. animals and toys. They gave us like everything that he things. could have any sentiment. So they were like amazing. They understood that this was going to be hard for him and they gave us like absolutely everything he would so need. So why, why couldn't why, they keep why, him? Yes. Yeah. So they were a um, short term foster home and they were older. They're in their seventies and they're mm-hmm. an amazing foster family taking hotline kids. They have like a different kid there every couple nights. Wow. Um, but they, and they actually already had an adopted daughter too, mm-hmm. who was like 12 years old. Yeah. Who yeah. also was just like a, so, a short term that ended up being long term. So as soon as Joey's case turned to adoption, as opposed to reunification, they immediately mm-hmm. started looking for an adoptive family because this family knew that they, they, that they, li- they, they just decided that Joey deserved more. Yeah, they literally said family. to us, they were like, how would we feel if he was graduating from college and he didn't have his parents there? You know, like they were worried that they just weren't going to be around for his Mm. milestones. Because he was removed right from birth, he Mm -hmm. only knew this family. Towards the end of the transition, that foster family and we got together without him and agreed, like, this is really hard on him. It's getting to the point where he's confused why he's with you sometimes and us sometimes and our schedules are different and our habits are Mm -hmm. different. And he's getting upset because he's not sure where he's supposed to go. So you kind of have to like, disconnect and it's really hard you have to kind of cut you have to let the new bond form and then you can have the relationship once the new bond is formed hey jimmy did you know Hmm? that you're a mom i am (laughs) (laughs) what i meant to say really is that inside of all of us moms there's a mama bear Mm -hmm. and when that bear is woken up is woke Woke AF. We are here to protect our kids, and we're not afraid to fight for what's right. Mm-hmm. And found this podcast yes. called the Mama Bear Dares Podcast. Love it. Right? Do you, have yeah, you heard of them? I have, and they uh, they want to highlight the women in this world, the justice-seeking mama bears, who are actively working to improve the lives of people around them. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, the hosts, Tessie and Leslie, first of all, I love them. Mm-hmm. But they are interviewing amazing women that are discussing all the different ways to make a difference, like from parenting advice to learning how to discuss difficult topics. They are just a welcome resource for moms who want to raise compassionate and thoughtful kids. Yeah, you're going to be inspired by the incredible stories of bravery that you'll hear on the podcast. And you're going to learn practical ways to make a difference in your own communities. Like one of their episodes is about homelessness and what we can do. And another one is about, it's called Facebook and mass manipulation. And lots of deep topics that that they cover. And the Mama Bear Dares podcast, it aims to add great conversations that are taking place and turn the spotlight onto inspiring women who are moving the dial forward. And we're also just like taking deep dives into these topics that are affecting the most marginalized in our society. I mean, that's great for us. We like that. Our community loves that. Yeah. (laughs) Our little marginalized community, which is not so little. Yeah. But listen in and you're going to meet women just like you who are using their resources and mama bear strength to Mm -hmm. explore social change. Love it. Subscribe to Mama Bear Dares to witness the ripples they've started and be encouraged to create some of your own. Love it. New episodes are available every Monday. It only takes one person. Only takes one person to make a ripple. Anyone who wants to engage with the world in a more loving and knowledgeable way will love this podcast. So Mondays, listen to Ovaries, and then as soon as you're done, go right over to Mama Bear Dares. You can find Mama Bear Dares on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, on Facebook, Instagram, and at MamaBearDaresPodcast.com. We We dare dare you. you. So how was it for you? All of a sudden, you thought you're getting sort of a baby because you got a Photoshop picture. (laughs) Then you've got this kid who's transitioning. He's close to 18 months. Yeah, yeah, he was and 18 so, months, yeah. So he's 18 months. So how was this experience? Like all of a sudden you're, and God. your first time parents who, are, who have an 18 month uh, old. Looking back, 
now that now that a lot of our friends have babies, because we were the first of our friends yeah, to have a which child. Which we don't advise. Never no. be the first in your <laughs> friend group to have kids. Yeah, that's a bad no. idea. You and wait until at then, least two other friends have kids. And then to be the first that then has an 18-month-old. So really, yeah, you're sure. like two years ahead of everyone else. Don't do it. But so, everyone wants to help with a baby. No one wants to help you with an 18-month-old. Nobody. Nobody, nobody even there. really wants to help you with a baby, really. Everybody wants to hold a baby. Well, they want to pass the baby around and just like piss it off and hand it back to That's you. And they, they all say do. they want a babysit, but they don't really no, mean that. No, and then they don't. It's like, yeah. It's so sad. And then when you ask them, they're like, ooh, I'm having dreams. <laughs> <laughs> but then imagine asking them to take care of a toddler. Like, you want to take the toddler to yeah. the park? Ooh, mm, no, I don't no, want to do that. Especially they're just like, you know, they're just so prone to hurting themselves. Yeah. It's like, do mm-hmm. you really want me expect anyone to take the liability of that? And it's like, no, no thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, retrospectively, we know that having a baby is a thousand times easier than having a toddler. And I'm sorry yes. for all you parents out there that have babies. It's only going to get worse for a while. It's going to get so much worse. So, so yeah. much worse. Because you can't do anything with a toddler. When no, you they don't want to do anything. They're just... Well, before that even, before they even have their opinions, because they do have opinions too, but even before that, when you have a baby, you can, they're, they're portable. You can pick them up and bring them yes. over here and put them down and they can't move. And Joey was a dense kid. So like picking him, like yeah. that's not, I'm just saying he could walk, like the fact that he could move or on his could, own yeah. volition and he had yeah. a lot of will and power and he yeah. was very, and, and no reason, no, no reason at 18 months, but will. It's the worst age ever. He had a phase where he loved to replicate emergency vehicles. And it was just like so loud all the time. And he was like, that's awful. That's so awful. Don't worry. Now we have three of them. But before that, when it was just one, it was still this like, you know, when you have a baby, your life gradually changes, right? Like yes. obviously you're not sleeping. Like that sucks. But your life can continue on. You just have this little <laughs> thing that needs you all the time. Right, you're like sleep but deprived, still, but like you can sling like, it to your chest when our friends, and like go shopping. Yeah, when our friends are texting us pictures of them with their babies at breweries, and I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? You're yeah, at a brewery? Like, yeah. how can I go to a brewery with a toddler? I can't because no, he's going to drink I remember everything. that face. You yeah. can't take a toddler anywhere. No, you no. can't. You can't anywhere. even take him to the grocery store. It's no. over. Like, no. it's done. With my second in particular, I remember like 14 months to like almost 20 months, yes. we stopped going out. Like people would be like, <laughs> come out to dinner. And there was like a couple friends that I'm still mad at to this day because they were like, oh, what are you going to like never going to go out for dinner again? And I was like, listen, bitch, no. you don't have kids. <laughs> like I'm not going out until this kid has reason because all that's going to happen is they're going to be turds yep. and they're going to be like running around and I'm not going to be able to control them. I'm not going to have fun. You're not going to have fun. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to spend $120. Like yes. it's not happening. Not it. It's not happening. And then there's going to be like Cheerios everywhere. No. Yeah. yeah. No. So, and that's where fun. you started. <laughs> exactly. So we didn't have the nice gradual ease into that shit. We just landed in the shit. We were like tossed right into wow. it. Wow. And then on top of typical toddler stuff, like let's go back to the transition of like one foster home to another, this foster family that he was in, like God loved them. They were amazing. But one of them stayed home all day with him. So they did eat on demand. Like he learned the word eat from a very early age. And whenever he was hungry, (laughs) eat, we both worked. So we were like daycare within a month. 
And we were like, we, yeah. had, we yeah. need to get him on like a breakfast schedule. snack, lunch snack, dinner schedule. Yeah. And he was not having it. So like in addition to toddler stuff, we were rocking his world. Yeah. And also his comfort. Just having like the, yeah, the emotional trauma of moving yeah. home. So like he... <laughs> yeah totally that too <laughs> she she like enlightens me on all the psychological stuff like they'll misbehave and i'll be like oh my god like what the heck and she'll be like well it's obviously x y and z and i'm like you're so <laughs> smart yeah so, <laughs> so there was the trauma which is a huge factor in some of joey's behavior as well when he was first placed but obviously someone that's also a toddler so it's just this you know this ball of toddler plus traumatized toddler and it was just a lot for very first time parents. And we had no idea what we were doing. And mm -hmm. how did you write it? How did you get it to a point where it became more manageable? Just and like brute force, I think. And a no, day at a time. No, sorry, not brute word. force, like force. But I'm just saying like sticking <laughs> consistency. Yeah. Casey's like, stop. I wish, every, I wish everyone could see the shade that Casey's throwing, like just with her eyes. <laughs> like she's like, she's so, she's rolled her eyes like no less than 15 <laughs> times already. I no. love it. This is, I, this is when I like asterisk all of the media coverage that we got, like all of the interviews. You'll notice that a lot of them only cover Casey. Like oh. I am very often <laughs> smiling and nodding at her, but I was talking that whole time and they just cut me right out. They did. They cut her out. Back to brute force. How did you oh, write it before second kid? Consistency. <laughs> yeah. Consistency. And love. And patience. And I'm not going to lie. We cried a lot. And crying. We cried a lot when he went to bed. You know, we both play the piano. And I remember this one day where I was just playing the saddest <laughs> song on the piano. And she walked over to me. And it was like Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins. Because like, I only know so many songs. We only had like a Disney book. And so I'm like, let mm -hmm. me flip to the saddest mm -hmm. song in the Disney book. Yeah. And she's like, Lena, That's a good like, one. you doing okay? And I was like, do I look like I'm doing okay? <laughs> it just takes time, especially with just Joey. It was, it moved a lot quicker than right. we thought. And just like doing a lot of fun things with him. Yeah. And no, it was it, a really it fun out, kid. It worked out. It's like, I think a lot of parents go through that when they lose their freedom and they lose all this time that they had. And yeah. like, it's time to just like be in each other's arms and like exploring the world and like whatever you wanted to do you could lay on the couch for a whole day yeah Nobody we used to have cared. no pants days just like we don't have no yeah, pants, start no pants time, days. you know and now yeah you, there, there is no time and there was I, no time I regularly oh. on the regular say to my six-year-old i do everything for you my whole life is for you oh. and you're talking to me this way like it's i hope it's, you better be starting a therapy deep. fund right there i do everything for <laughs> Guys, you I, I don't think I can oh, move yeah. past we used to have no pants days. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know how we're just gonna just gloss over that as if that didn't happen. You have nowhere to go, so you don't even get dressed. You don't even get dressed. There's and no you pants just, on, and you just relax. All and it's day. like it's like two p.m. and you're like, are we having like, a no pants? I didn't day? put on pants yeah. today. <laughs> Even my relaxed days, I still have some shorts on. So that's all I'm saying. My kids have no pants days 24-7. They just come home from school and take all oh their clothes God. off, yeah. except their underwear. Hey, Robin. Yeah. Did you know that those all-purpose cleaners that your mom used to use are full of harmful chemicals that have been linked to everything from respiratory problems to cancer? Did you know that? Is that what happened with my mom? Uh, <laughs> it's too dark. I'm kidding. I meant well, like her being crazy, but it's fine. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> listen, someone should have told your mom that you don't need toxins to have a clean home. Not with Grove Collaborative. Listen, I love Grove Collaborative in all seriousness because they are the online marketplace that delivers all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to me. 
And you too, but okay. also okay. to me because I love a delivery. Yes, you do. And I love how Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, mm -hmm. your family, mm -hmm. your home, the planet. So then I can stop trying to figure out the confusing labels. <laughs> I mean, like, is it really green? I don't know. I, I never. And it's, it's never like, really and green. you stand there for like 10 minutes trying to read the labels. I don't believe anything is around. green unless I see it at Grove.co. <laughs> And okay. I love personally that I can get all my stuff from there, from Mrs. Myers to Seventh Generation to Burt's Bees. And of course, the Grove made products like what, Jamie? <laughs> my bath bombs. Your bath bombs. You, you know and it. the bath bombs. Ay, ay, ay. Well, what I care about is that with Grove, I don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods mm -hmm. for my family. Like I just go online and order it yep. and it's done. So to our listeners, if you want to join over 2 million lifetime customers who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Oh, and, and plus you're going to get shipping as fast and free on your first order. Which is great for a limited time when Ovaries listeners go to grove.co slash OCT, you will get a free five piece cleaning set from Miss Myers and Grove. A $30 value, guys. It's Mrs. Myers. She's married, Jamie. Oh, we still do that, <laughs> Mrs. Myers. You will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove, a $30 value. Go to grove.co slash OCT to get this exclusive cleaning offer. Grove.co slash OCT. I didn't know Miss Myers was married. I know. I always say, I, I, Mrs. Myers, put a ring on it. Put a ring put on a it. Put a ring on it. <laughs> Let's talk about how you got the next two. Like, yeah. okay, so you have Joey. We had him for almost a year before we adopt him, which is actually a really quick succession. And then that summer, so just a year after we were placed with him, we decided we were ready for a sibling. Again, not because of we'd only had him for a year, but because he was already two. And we came from big families and we wanted siblings close in age. So there's like, even though, you know, a sibling right now would be hard for us emotionally maybe for Joey, like we wanted to have a sibling for him. Mm -hmm. And we also weren't sure, mm -hmm. like if we were asking for an infant, how long that would take, et cetera, et cetera. So mm -hmm. we just pitched it out to our social worker, like, Hey, we're ready for another anytime you're ready. When they called us like a week later, she said, you know, Joey has a biological baby brother who's six weeks old, who just came into oh. care. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, oh. would you be interested in this baby brother? And it was, you know, we laughed. Did you say six weeks old? Six weeks, yeah. 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 <laughs> and we were, we were actually the next day supposed to get on a plane to go to Italy. Lena had a, a work conference in Italy. And so we were. And so I was like, Casey, you can't go to Italy. Uh, like, we, 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 so decided, <laughs> we knew we were going to take this baby. And we joked about it. So like, you know, we had asked for a girl the first time and got Joey. And then we asked for a baby sister. At this, and we got, you know, the baby brother. It's like, okay, like are we going to say yes? We're like, of course we're going to say yes. Like it's Joey's baby brother. And we're like, okay, like I can't go to Italy. And we called Air Italia and we're on the phone with them forever. They will not let you they cancel. They will not let you cancel a flight. Nor will they let you change a single flight. We tried to get my dad to go to Italy and they're like, we will don't do happen. that, man. They don't transfer. No. You were like, listen, we're lesbians. There's we this literally did that. Yeah. Yeah. And they said they would only do it for a medical emergency. <laughs> and I was like, what if he's having a medical emergency called? He doesn't have a home. And they said no. <laughs> so it was really so actually, so circle back, Joey's previous foster family said that they would take him for the week we were gone. Oh. We trust them. We know them. We like, knew that he would be in a good place for that week. Literally like three hours before we left for the airport, we went to go like meet him. Like fed him and, and, him, and held, him, yeah, him, held yeah. him for a little bit. 
Yeah. So we, so then that was also, you know, a hard shift for Joey. Like we were gone for a week and we came back with a baby. So we got off the plane, went oh, home geez. and left that next morning to go pick up the baby. Probably the first time you left him. It's the first time we left Joey for that with long. With my yeah. parents, by the way, which is like, who knows what he did for a week. I'm pretty sure he only ate peanut butter and jelly. But how, how hard was it? You, you meet this new baby that's going to be yours how hard was it to board the plane really 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 hard hard. that's all we talked about the entire plane ride and i don't fly well so i was very intoxicated at the time (laughs) oh man wow so you come home home and so the baby and so you think about most people get like the nine months to prepare to prepare not we had a week that we were not home no themselves but yeah and to prepare the other child that like it's not just you anymore it's not just the joey show yeah because you probably didn't tell him because you were like oh could this could take a year i think that we i think that we pitched it when we were because we skyped him a few times when we were in italy and I think that at one point we asked him, like, hey, how would you feel about it? Yeah, we, like, inception him. And he was like, yeah, baby. And we're like, cool. Because there's going to be one on Tuesday. The poor kid probably thinks anytime you go know, away, he, you come he back He might think that the baby was born in Italy. They grow in cabbage He was patches. so great, though, honestly. Yeah, like, we have so many job. really heartwarming pictures for whatever reason. When we brought the baby home, he was, like, so protective of that baby. We yeah, have really like cute. he loves babies and he's such a good big brother. And that's where we like planted the seed of would we would we stick with this biological Connection, chain? Yeah. yeah, because I mean, obviously, when you sort of foster <laughs> to adopt, you have the choice like you can either do a biological sibling group or you could sort of, you know, bounce around with different biological families and create your own family. Mm-hmm. But I think when we saw that connection that Joey had instantly to Noah, it was just like, wow that really is something like it could have happened with any baby, but it didn't. It happened with him. And I think that's really what started it. Was there a difference for you? Because now this time you don't get a toddler. You now you're a parent of a huge difference. And we talk about too, like now that Noah is finally as old as the other two were when we got placed. Because when when Logan moved in, which would be another part of the story, but when he moved in, he was also 18 months. Okay. So now that Noah is 20 months, we're, we're seeing that, it does make a difference having seen that first 18 months of life in terms of like, it's not, the tantrums are not their entire personality, but there's a personality behind the Mm. tantrums. We saw it develop into this. Right. And so like now that he's tantruming, when he like lays on the floor, we, think it's we just like think it's so funny. But when Joey and Logan yeah. were doing we were it, like, we were just like, what are, what's, what's happening? What are we doing wrong? Why is he laying down yeah, right now? Yeah. I just asked him to put his shoes on. Yeah. Like it was... It was very confusing for us at that time. And so, but now that we've seen the progression, it actually makes sense. And we're like, oh, he's trying to assert his little independence by saying no. Isn't that so cute? Mm -hmm. So wait, just, just for clear, for mapping this out, like visually. So Joey Mm -hmm. is, was 18 months. Logan came in in six weeks. The youngest was placed with us second. That's Logan, kind of the, Logan no. is the middle child, and we knew of his existence. He sort of got lost in the shuffle. We knew of his existence, but they were advising us to not take in Logan when he was first. Well, so all the reasons we talked about, right? So lo- when we got Joey, Logan's goal was reunification. When we got Joey, Logan was six weeks old, and his goal was reunification. And they right, said exactly. they didn't want to put logan and joey together because joey's goal was adoption logan's, logan's was, was reunification, reunification and, and they were why they would be separate they didn't want to bond the boys and then separate them joey's the oldest 
Who's the middle? Wait, Logan's yes. the middle, but the last one to enter our household. Right. So the youngest one Noah. came in second, Noah and then the middle the one came in third. Okay, great. Yes. Okay, got it. So Noah moved in in July of 2018, and then in August of 2018, so just a month after we had had Noah, DCF called us again and said that the family that was planning to adopt Logan was no longer going to be able to adopt them. That adoption plan fell through. Mm. And so they said, you know, we can place him somewhere else, but because you already have the two other brothers, would you be willing to take in the middle? And so Logan at this point is literally in between the other two. So we have a two-year-old, a six-week or seven-week-old, and a one-year-old. So there's they're only 14 months apart each. They're literally 14 months apart, Almost like to the day. day. Yeah. How long had you had the second kid when they called you about the third? One, one month. One month. A month. So yeah. we had the baby. Remember, we haven't had a baby before. Yeah. So we're learning how to do baby stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. up all night. And you're also getting used to having two like that's a big transition. Right, we're used to having well, two. also like yeah. I drive a sedan. Like there's just physically not room for a third car seat. So there's <laughs> that too. We literally had to buy a car. We did mm-hmm. buy a car. So they called us and we had to talk. And so adding Logan in was the was the longer conversation. Like we yeah. we had a really easy conversation to add Noah in. Like that was like we had asked for a sibling. We'd ask for a baby. There was a six week old baby. And that's also when the Excel sheets come out too, yeah. because yeah. you know that Casey mentioned. Sheet. You get like stipends when they're in foster care, but knowing that Joey went to adoption really quickly, we had to think about like, these are three kids who are 14 months apart in age. They're all going to be in daycare at the same time. And like, at some point we are going to be responsible for that. You know, it's like three college tuitions or three mortgages or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But so we worked it out. And so what we ended up with, even though we sort of, sort of toiled around it, we knew morally we were probably going to say yes. Right. But the Excel spreadsheet line <laughs> that worked was Casey had to stop working and she had to well, stay Well, I knew home. I already needed to stay home for a little bit. You know, when we got placed with Noah, my plan was to go back to work in September because I'd have enough time to like help him mm-hmm, adjust. Sure. He'd be three months by September, so he'd be able to go into daycare. But then when they called about Logan, I knew at that point that it would be best for me to take the year off to help mm-hmm. Logan adjust because well, of how help everyone to adjust. help everyone. Yes. So it was, it was a hard decision to say yes. Like we knew that it was going to be rough for a while, but we, we knew that it would eventually work but it out gets better. and it did get better. Yeah. It took how a while. It there were, Tell us how it gets that. better. Talk about that. <laughs> Let's talk about the better. So Wait, but around, can we just take a breath think- for a second before you move on? Cause I feel like this is like fast and furious and like, it's a wonderful thing you did. Yes. I mean, do you guys, do you sit in that at all or? Well, what I find like truly wonderful are families that keep bonded pairs together. So our boys were not a bonded pair before we made them a bonded pair mm-hmm. yeah. or trio, but they, so there's a lot of siblings out there that were living together before they got separated. And so that is really where I consider like the wonderful humans who can keep those kids together. I feel like you're just flicking away a compliment is what I think. I think you're not taking it in is what I think. Why? Thank you for that compliment. That's so nice of you. And doesn't accept compliments well. But I like how you said and and not yeah, but. Yeah, but good that's, job. That's what I do. It's, it's called the biosocial theory. And oh. so we 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 did what we could to keep them together 
mostly because they'll have that shared experience right. of to answer you know, questions later on. When Joey's now starting mm-hmm. to figure out like, oh, who is this person that I visit with? And we can say like, oh, you grew in her tummy. And so did Logan and Noah. And mm-hmm. that gives him a sense of comfort of like, okay, like we all will have this together. And we're finding that, you know, even in our very liberal state, we are still the only family in our daycare that have adopted sons. We're well, the only we're the only gay, the only gay yeah. family in our yeah. in our daycare. And so there's a lot of And we're only a, like 30 minutes outside of Boston. True. We're the only gay true. family with adopted children. Mm-hmm. True. You know? So so you know they're all going to go through this like otherism, right? Like they're going to be the like, only Like what do you do on Father's Day? What do you do that? on Mother's <laughs> Day? You know? All these questions. <laughs> the wonderful thing is like We just want to emphasize and like part of the reason we wanted to talk about the story is that we do not think we're special people. And I get that like people might think that, but like we struggle every single day, like every single parent, like it is not easy. We do not make it look good. We do not get places on time, (laughs) but like we did it, you know? And so I think that's the point is like, you know, if you adopt like 27 children, you're an angel, but like three, you're just kind of a little bit eccentric and like you can do it. You know, (laughs) you know, it's so funny. We've talked to a lot of you adopters, fosters. (laughs) They all, you, none of you You take credit. We all think, we all, we keep saying to all of you, you are so special. You are so noble. None of you take the credit. All of you. No, I want to disabuse you of that notion. Like, that's one of them said exactly that phrase. But like, you guys, it's a, you took three children in, in a year. In a year. <laughs> but we see it as we just, but like we people just, we have triplets, our family. Right? Yeah, like yeah. people have triplets, people, like things happen and we treat it that way of like, we were in the beginning, we were trying to analyze every single thing and we were trying to make it perfect. And then we realized that fundamentally we just wanted a family. So like, yeah, like there's a happen. lot of families that like, you know, go through IVF and like, oh my gosh, now I have triplets or like, yeah, oh my gosh, right. like I yeah. only wanted one more child. Now I have twins. And like those oops or like wows or bends in the roads, whatever you want to call it happen all the time. And so this is kind of just like the bend in our road. Like we, we eventually wanted, you know, just a, a few siblings and, you know, Lena had capped it at two and I had capped it at four. So yeah. really we're right on task. No, and that's not how that works. <laughs> it's not an average. <laughs> So really, it's your medium. exactly, we're getting re- really what we wanted. And, you know, we still don't have a girl. So, you know, aim, aim high for that. But we, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just sort of, it, it's the same as any other parent creating their own family. And this is just sort of how we created it was different, but not necessarily yeah. wonderful or marvelous or anything like that. Right. Just different. Well, just tell us, the, when better. did it turn? Yeah. What's the moment that you can look back to where you were like, where you notice, like, oh, we got this. Is tomorrow an option? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, go first. I was going to say Christmas last year was really oh, the yeah, first yeah. time that we realized that Logan was maybe coming out of the trauma of moving into our house. So he'd been in our house for like four months at that for time. For those of you doing math, yeah, that's four months. That's four months of him being with us, five months with Noah. Four months with all three children, five with no. And so we decided to take a road trip to North Carolina. That's a 14-hour <laughs> car ride. We rented a van. We rented a van. It was great. <laughs> because but she doesn't like to fly. I don't like to fly. So you take a 14-hour road trip and it goes well? Yeah. No. Well, it goes it goes it well went, enough. It went really no. well. No. So what so, happened, no. you say your it part. It went really. And then I'll say my part. <laughs> so being in North Carolina, it was at my mom's house and- it was the first time that Logan had seen that we were 
we were his constant. So as opposed to Because we him, put him in a brand new place. Listen, can I right. I know, but you... Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> she's like in the 1872, the car was invented. Like I'm not even telling that long of a story. It's okay. two seconds. Oh Guys, okay. I'm going to have to put my teacher voice on. Lena, Casey's going now. You're going to go next. So when we were in North Carolina, it was the first time that we had taken all the boys together into a new environment. Because like you said, like you just don't go anywhere for a certain amount of time when your kids are a certain age. And at this point, when we were going through all three of them in our house, we literally did not leave the house from September to December. Like we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. There was nothing fun happening. We did try apple picking at one point and that was not fun. So (laughs) we got down there and it was the first time that the boys had been away from our sort of nuclear family. And that was when Logan really, like, we were his people at that point. He met aunts and uncles. He met Nana. Like, he met a lot of other people, was in a new place, in a new room, in a new bed. All of those things were new, but we were finally his constant. And that was, like, a huge turning point for us. And, like, he was asking for us. We just realized, like, okay, like, he has accepted that we are his people. That we are his people, oh, that nice. we to can be, be clear, there for He him. was mostly asking for Casey, which is why my bonding <laughs> happened on the car ride home. She's like, that's why it was my story. Exactly. <laughs> my story's over. Lena can tell her story. Well, no, so okay. on the car ride home, it's 14-hour car ride, and we're all sick of the car, and we're, like, driving through the night, and Le- Logan, Lilo is his nickname, he's just, he, at, like, we have two hours to go, and he just loses it. He's just crying yes. inconsolably, and I'm Always. in the back seat trying to entertain the baby, just like mm-hmm. with oh, puppets God. and things. And so I just like, I reach my hand out to the car seat in front and hold Logan's hand. And he actually stopped crying and believe for four months, mm. us consoling and holding and rocking had not worked. And this was the first mm. time that actually my touching or holding him soothed him. Yeah. And so it was like, oh my goodness, like now I'm his person too. Because Casey's driving. She can't hold his hand. Who was that person driving amidst all the crying and screaming in the backseat? This guy, which was also not fun. Yeah, but but no. We made it. So I think it really, like, the point is, is, like, with each individual child, there was a moment, and it was different for both of us. You realize that they were bonded to you. So again, with Noah, because we've had him from six weeks old, he like had this horrible flu or something way back when he was crying through the night and we would go in and we would sleep with him on our chest and he would stop crying. And we were like, oh, my God, like, Like, is is this what people feel like when they soothe their children, you know? So like, I think it's that idea of like, there's a certain amount of time when you have a foster child, even as early as 18 months where you're not necessarily their comfort. They have to grieve. They have to move on. They have to build that connection with you, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was like four to five months with Joey a little faster because I think there was less trauma and there was just one of him and he didn't have all the siblings going on. But like when you have that moment where you realize that like you do help them and you are making their life better and they are getting Mm -hmm. comfort out of you, like that's when you realize like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is going to work out. And as soon as it happens with one, you know it's going to happen with another one. And you know it's just going to be yeah. a different schedule, but like it'll all happen. So bring on more kids. We got it. No, that's not what we're saying. I'm crying. I'm just crying. While, while Jamie's crying, <laughs> while she's sobbing, do you have any advice for anyone that wants to follow your path? What have you learned? What's the takeaway of your story? I think the first step is just to get more information. Like if you have any inkling that you might, want to pursue this path. The class is free. The path is there and just get the information and don't 
don't let this like stigma or an image in your brain of what a foster child looks like or sounds like or is dictate how you feel that you want to go about it. Yeah. You know, just get the information, learn firsthand what it's like, talk to other foster parents who have lived it, who have done it, because it's, it really is a different experience than how it's sensationalized to be in the media or on TV and all these things. And I think too, it's like this idea that foster kids are broken or beyond repair or whatever. is just so not true, at least in our case, like our three boys are often described as like the most loving, the most bright, the most mm. curious, like they love life. They are wonderful, wonderful kids and they're tiring, but they are so <laughs> special. This question of like, you know, will will these children feel like mine? And this idea of like being yours and belonging is really like an artificial concept. And like all kids just need love and comfort. And if you can provide that love and comfort, then they will. It might take a little bit, especially if they've had, you know, a traumatized past, but they will they do want that. They seek that out and they, and they will make that connection. And, also, and if you're there for it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Building on that, like wanting them to be yours. Like we were sort of wondering about that in the beginning, like, okay, if we adopt, like they're not going to necessarily look like us. They're not going to act like us. But what's funny is that they pick up like our mannerisms mm-hmm. and they pick up our traits mm-hmm. and they pick mm-hmm. up our mm-hmm. phrases, you know, like Logan, for example, <laughs> we always say like, love you, babe, got you, babe, whatever. And one time, like just randomly at lunchtime, he was like, thanks, babe. <laughs> He's like, here you go, babe. Here you go, babe. <laughs> I was like, thanks, what? Babe. You know, so like <laughs> they're obviously going to reflect you because they're around you constantly. <laughs> Oh, God. What does that say about my son saying, what the heck? <laughs> well, 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 shit. Joey came home from daycare once. And he said, oh, sugar plums. And it was like, I have never said <laughs> like, that. That was not us. Yeah. Well, you guys, I, uh, I, I think what I loved most about this is like, obviously, we got you guys through all the myriad of press that you did because <laughs> it was such a wonderful story. But it, they were all truncated small stories that didn't tell like you just told the breadth of a really wonderful family story and I'm so mm. glad you you chose to share it with us. Oh, thank you yeah, so no much. Problem. And I think what's funny is that other people who had adopted reached out and they were like if you ever want someone to talk to I'm here. <laughs> so like the adoption world knows that it's a little it's a little struggle for a while yeah. but it gets better. So mm-hmm. there's a huge support network yeah. out there is my point. Mm. All right, thank you guys so much. This was wonderful. Yeah. This is great. You guys rock. Oh my God, I love those two. I love them. Fiery. Drinking the wine on the couch. That's how you do it. But you know, (laughs) what I thought was so freaking amazing about them is they had three kids Mm -hmm. that they've had for like a year Mm -hmm. and it was a seven o'clock interview and not a kid, nobody came out. I know, it's amazing. Nobody woke up, nobody bugged them. Like why are all these people better parents than we are? They just are. They just are. And they said it's consistency. That's what yeah. they said. Whatever. Maybe we just need to accept that they're just better than us. And we just have to just acknowledge <laughs> they're that. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. Yeah, um, and better so, than us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that one. We do. And uh, and if you have thoughts and you want to you check in on, like, I think if you want to talk about consistency versus not consistency, hit us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Or anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie doesn't want to talk about consistency. I'm, you know, whatever. But okay, so you can reach us on Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Ovaries underscore Talk on Instagram. If these Ovaries could talk on Facebook, and you can join our community there, and you can talk to other listeners on the Facebook. You can also join our community on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ovaries Talk for bonus content. Thank you to our sponsor, Modern Fertility. 
Envo.co. I think you should do that every time. <laughs> I'm going to. Thanks for helping us make this show possible. <laughs> we thank you so much. I'm laughing in my face. I thought it was like that was we a nice little thank ditty. you. Eggs, ovaries, out. Oh, we did our own ditty. <laughs> this is fun. Eggs, ovaries, out.